Welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With member podcast. RSVP is a member community for the global luxury wedding and party industry. And every week I interview a different member. After half an hour, you'll know them like old friends. Sit back and enjoy. My guest today describes himself thus. I'm a fourth generation resident of Dubai, where my grandfather set up a base in the late 1940s. Although of Indian background, I consider and call Dubai my home. I grew up with a humble background, with mom being a homemaker and father working in a bank. I was driven since childhood to work hard and have a successful business one day, starting my career with advertising, media, and the events industry for 15 years before venturing out into wedding planning in 2012. My love for meeting new people and travel has guided me to travel to over 100 countries over the years. Event planning was something I got into at the age of 13, and I didn't even know the meaning of it. From organising birthday parties for my friends to school proms, I was always involved in social affairs. I recall my school principal once telling me at the age of 14, you would make a great event planner. I didn't even know what he meant. In my teens, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do in life and therefore explored multiple careers to make ends meet, such as a freelance DJ, product promoter, student magazine editor, running a recreational centre at school, to name a few. I also ventured out into helping students complete their college assignments along with my then professors to make extra money. My family, though, is the most important aspect of my life and I live with my parents and wife of nine years, Charlene. I firmly believe that the secret to happiness in life is achieved by helping others, whether both personally or professionally. And I believe what sets one apart is their ability to give back to society. And I'm therefore associated with many charitable organizations since an early age. My favorite quote is, nothing worth having comes easy. And I'm a workaholic putting in all the hours, seven days a week. I am very passionate about traveling, luxury cars and watches and have a big collection. Typically a Gemini and therefore have a very playful and intellectually curious nature and constantly juggling a variety of passions, hobbies, careers and friends groups. Although I'm very impatient and need quick results, this along with needing to be in control is what makes me a successful wedding planner. Loving my career, I'm always open to other possibilities and what life has to offer. Welcome all the way from Dubai, Aaron Balblani. Thanks, James. Thanks so much for having me. That was um, a pretty good intro that you wrote about yourself. You know, it, um, <laughs> I remember writing this intro and it took me a few days because you never have the opportunity to take a step back and just think about life. And you almost forced me to do that, to think about my childhood, what my teachers said, what I did as a kid. I mean, as, as a wedding planner, our lives are very stressful. We're on a hamster's wheel all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so it's so difficult to sort of take a step back and just think things through and reflect upon those moments. And you forced me to do that. So thank you very much. Well, it's, it is something that I do have to eke out of people. Most people, when I say I want a personal paragraph, just do a cut and paste from their website, which is their professional one. And I send it back. I, th- I throw it back at them saying, no, it's not what I asked for. And so it does take a few goes sometimes because um, we're not used to it in, in this industry. Anyway, so let's just talk about your childhood and your influences so what was your first memory can you you go back that far <laughs> not that you're that old yeah i mean uh, a typical first memory uh, is of a small family a nuclear family of four with my parents my brother being uh, really really young um, having picnics in the park uh, learning my first uh, 
having the first opportunity to learn how to ride a bicycle with my dad and then doing the same for my brother. We had a very typical childhood, going to school, getting to a school bus. On our way back, we used to get back by 1 p.m. earlier. And then mom, being a homemaker, would put food on the table and we'd, we'd nap and then get ready for uh, uh, doing our homework in the evening, post which we would have a meal all together and then get to bed. And this was in Dubai, yes? Absolutely. Yes, okay, because... I mean, um, I don't know specifically how old you are, but you know, you're know you younger than me. But I know that Dubai in the past 20 years or 30 years has just changed beyond recognition. So you're talking about Dubai then that was little more than something in the desert, <laughs> a small little town in the desert, weren't you, as opposed to the... Absolutely. Uh, when my family moved here in the late 40s, uh, there wasn't even a, a UAE. UAE was formed in uh, 1972 when six Emirates came together to form a country. And that's that's how long my family has been here. At, at one point, I remember uh, my grandfather's P.O. box used to be 37. And uh, <laughs> the Dubai government's P.O. box used to be 56. So it was even before the Dubai government, wow. the municipality P.O. box. Well, don't get me on to P.O. boxes in Dubai. We we try and mail out our invites to Dubai and they all come back. I mean, I mean, your postal service doesn't seem to exist or you don't even check it. We, <laughs> we're just, we do advance for you, James. <laughs> it wasn't built for physical letters or anything. Oh, no, anyway. not at all. Yeah, 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 okay. Tell me about, we're, we're in a creative industry, okay? You're a wedding planner. We are in a creative industry and people who are creative usually are not fixed to just one thing, the creative in most parts of their life. So let's just talk about music. What kind of bands do you like, style of music? Do you have a first gig in terms of um, who was it that you went to? Are you a music man? Yes, absolutely. I love music. But you see, alongside being a wedding planner, I'm also a Gemini. So things are very eclectic for me in terms of uh, my taste, my thoughts, uh, the music I listen to, where I go, what I like, what I dislike. Um, you know, they say Geminis are, are a bit of a multi-personality. So something you like at one point, you may not like later on in life or something that you dislike, you grow older and come to like it. Um, so if I were to talk to you about my first ever gig, I think it would be, wow, it's uh, it's, it's been so long. I can't even remember. I remember Brian Adams coming and I was really young, but at the time I was writing for a student magazine. So um, as a, as a student magazine editor, I was responsible for going into concerts, covering the concert, but also having the opportunity to speak to the artist if, if they would pick me. And, uh, for some odd reason, I got to speak to Brian Adams and, uh, at a very early age of I respect. Think... I love him. Oh my God. I'd love to have met him. He's so kind. And he was, he was, uh, he was like, aren't you a little young to be media? And I was like, yeah, I am, but it's just, this is my job and this is what I do to make ends meet at this time. How old were you then? Or did you, did you just look like you were 12? I, you know, I must, I must have been in, I mean, 16, 17 years old. And uh, I was writing for my college magazine and they just sent me out to sort of, they sent me their tickets and they said, this is the concert. This is the point of contact. After the concert or prior to the concert, you can meet them if they allow you to. 
and somehow they let me in and and I got to meet and hang out with him. And I did the same with Craig David. <laughs> We're all hustlers in this industry a little bit as well, aren't we? You, we, we can get into places that, that normal mortals don't seem to be able to. So, okay, fantastic. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite Brian Adams song or or is it just the whole genre that you like? I mean, generally, Summer of 69 is something that keeps us going, right? It's just one of those anthems that you could play at the beginning of the party towards the end of the party. It just gets everyone going. Well, um, I am old enough to remember when it was in the charts. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think you are, but I am, sadly. Do you watch lots of film and television? Are you a Netflix aficionado? At one point in my life, I used to really enjoy uh, watching a lot of TV. Unfortunately, I don't have that privilege right now. Uh, work has been a bit busy. Uh, I'm also in a phase of life where we're still battling that our revenge weddings and revenge events and revenge travel. Um, so unfortunately, I, I worked long hours. Um, the last time I really enjoyed watching TV was, was when Game of Thrones was a thing and Squid Games was a thing. And I really enjoy watching movies as well, but movies are a bit uh, more convenient at this point in time. So whenever I, fi I find time, I go through a movie, um, maybe in one or two sittings. And if I have a little bit more time, I would go through it in one sitting. But I haven't watched TV in a very, very long time. I remember a friend last week telling me how there's a next uh, season of Squid Games coming up and everyone's really excited about it. And I'm like, wow. There's a new series. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, a new season of uh, Squid Games, yeah. Well, um, I've never really got into Game of Thrones. Well, I've never actually watched Game of Thrones. But um, and that, but something I need, I need to do. But Squid Games is brilliant, I think. Um, yeah, no, we just love all that guts and gore, don't we? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so I think you're a man after my own heart. We, we, we do like our food. So is there any kind of favorite food and cuisine that you would normally go for if you had any choice in the world? You know, again, it, it brings me down to what time of the day, what time of the year, how I'm feeling at that point, uh, James. Am I looking for something luxurious? Do I want to go to a Zuma and have a cod? Or am I, am I feeling relaxed and I want to go enjoy some soup? Am I feeling a little uh, under the weather or I have, a, I, have a, I have a nasally voice. I want to go and have some Vietnamese pho. Or if I'm, if I'm feeling um, uh, excited and I want to go out with my friends and have a good time, uh, maybe I'll go for a Korean barbecue. I mean, I like all kinds of foods. Uh, I like trying new things. But I think comfort food for me would be, would be Japanese. It's something that uh, I really enjoy. Um, uh, whether it's tabanyaki or in form of sushi and, and sashimi, uh, it's one of my favorite foods. Okay. Uh, and if you, well, you probably have this, but in your house you have a bar, okay? And behind it is the most beautiful bar person in the world, and she's going to make you the best drink in the world, and there's everything behind this bar. Alcoholic, non-alcoholic, anything. What do you ask her for? You know, my, my, my favorite drink uh, of all times is the whiskey sour. But I'm very particular about it. So it has to be made just right. When I go to a bar and I'm feeling like a whiskey sour, I always ask the waiter to ask the bartender, can you make a really good one? Like, do you know what goes into it? Because it's a very complicated drink with egg whites going into it, whiskey and uh, a few more ingredients. And, and it has to be topped off with the right kind of bitters. So if it's not made right, it, it really puts me off. So... If I had an opportunity of this sort, I, I would definitely uh, ask for a whiskey sour. But I'll tell you something else, James. It's just one of those things where 
during COVID, while people were making different kind of breads and coffees, I was enhancing my bartending skills. And I, I do have a very beautiful, gigantic bar at home. I thought you might. I, I did think you would, yes. I thought I would love for you to come and enjoy <laughs> when you're in town. And I, I make some mean cocktails myself. Wonderful. Okay, okay. And is there any particular kind of whiskey that you would always choose in your whiskey sour? I mean, uh, whiskey sours traditionally has uh, has uh, bourbon. So uh, a nice rye bourbon would, would do the job. Okay. In your own home, with this amazing bar and uh, an amazing bartender, which could be you for part of the evening, and whiskey sours are coming out of there, and all kinds of other drinks for the guests, and you have amazing Japanese food there. In fact, Mr. Nobu's coming just for the evening, just for you to make it, okay? And you have the, the dream dinner party, okay? So who's going to be around the table? It can be anybody, alive or dead. Who is your dream dinner party guests? You know, um, James, I've been around uh, celebrities. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a luxury wedding planner. I've been around celebrities. I have been around uh, musicians. Uh, we have partied together um, over the years. And if it's really a dinner party where I can have good alcohol, good music, uh, and because we're in Dubai, we, we're, we're big on shisha and now vaping is a thing at home as well i would have the people that i love around me whether it's my wedding planner friends whether it's my friends from high school whether it's my friends from college uh it's it's the people that i love that i don't get to spend much time with so if there's a party those are the people that are going to be around me wonderful okay okay and going though to people who have inspired you and they could be people that you know personally or just um people in the public eye is there anybody or any group of people that you think, yes, okay, uh, I'm inspired by those people. Um, you may have met them, you may not have met them. They may have lived a long time ago. But is, is there anybody like that that you think of that's inspired you both from a personal point of view and in terms of your career? You know, um, James, I've been a firm believer that inspiration can be drawn from anybody at any point of time, at any age in your life. And from anyone at any point in their career. So if I were to tell you that, oh, Gandhi motivates me or Muhammad Ali was, was amazing and hardworking, you know, it, it's, it's, it just talks for me. I, I, I quite, I'm, I'm the kind of person that really enjoys uh, learning from anyone, whether it's, it's a homeless person in the street or uh, a worker at McDonald's who's, who's trying to get those burgers out uh, as quick as possible. Or one of my colleagues in the office that is that is doing their job. Anyone that works hard, anyone that's trying to make ends meet, anyone that's trying to do something and pushing themselves and their boundaries is what really inspires me. Um, anyone that, even at their own level, is doing some kind of charity work uh, inspires me. So I'm I'm the guy that 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 draws inspiration from uh, daily people, whether small or big, rich or poor, it doesn't matter. And we all work incredibly hard. We were just talking about that before we came on. But um, you, you've been up all night, and 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 I'm here at six a.m. in London. You're my first of eleven interviews today. So, um, what do you do when you just you've just come off a massive job, and you just need to get out of it? You just need to a few days away, or a few weeks away, or whatever. I know that running your own business, you never really have it, but. What do you do to just relax 
and just get your your just refocus your your mind. I just honestly try and catch up with my friends. I I don't I don't have the privilege of getting to see them on a regular basis. Um, I miss birthdays, anniversaries, uh, birth of my friends' kids. So the first thing I would I would go to um, if I had a few days is to call all of them one by one and schedule a night out. And this these nights are not partying, going crazy, drinking. Is just to catch up, see where they are, where they stand, how's life, how they've been, how are their parents, how are their kids, how's their health, just the usual catch up. And I'm, I'm, you know, on this point, I, I have to give a big shout out to the to my friends who I've not had the opportunity to catch up with. They're very low maintenance, and a lot of them, a lot of the people that I love, sort of work around my schedule, and they understand and are grateful for for what we have. Uh, during our friendship, but um, that would be my go-to after an event if I had a few days. And then if I had the luxury of a few more days, I would definitely fly out to someplace quiet and just relax by the beach, not do anything, not one of those holidays where you, when you're sightseeing. Mm-hmm. I would just go into maybe go to Maldives or someplace where we can just be quiet and relax and uh, sleep in, no alarms, wake up whenever I feel like, sit by the pool, eat really bad junk unhealthy food uh, <laughs> sip on rum and cokes all day and just relax and just get some shisha and just chill wonderful wonderful you're you're looking at the maldives is so close to you it's a little bit further away from me sadly that is true <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. true and do you have a bucket list is there is is there much left on it surprisingly there is um in terms of travel i i really uh, i've saved uh, South America is one part of the world that I've uh, consciously not visited. Uh, I've done one or two places purely because of work and 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 uh, and weddings. But uh, in terms of travel, South America is some place I've really held on to. Uh, then I want to take some time off, maybe spend a month travel around South America and enjoy the food, the culture, the traditions, the cigars, the the alcohol and, and the drinks. And really enjoy the music and every all aspect of it. I think I would really, and I really need to take time out to sort of absorb all of those things. Um, and in terms of doing things, um, I've pretty much done it all, whether it's skydiving or being on a hot air balloon. But there's one thing that I've always wanted to do that I, I've, I've not had the opportunity and I talk about it to my fellow wedding planner friends. And I was just having one conversation last week is going to a music festival. I've I've never, for the life of me, had the opportunity to go okay. to a music festival. And do you mean the likes of something like Glastonbury or something a bit smaller? I mean, with, with the likes of uh, Tomorrowland uh, or other electronic music festivals around the world that uh, that happen. Um, and I've been told that uh, it's just it's it it's it's with age you you may or may not want to do it because it it could get very tedious and tiring. So. If you want to do it once, just do the best. And I've been told Tomorrowland is the best music festival out there to sort of experience. Okay, okay. Actually, I, I've never heard of t- of Tomorrowland. So when does it happen? Where does it happen? It's, I think it's 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 once a year. Uh, happens in Belgium. It it great it greatly contributes to their economy. Thousands and thousands of people fly out from all over the world. They're private charters that go into Belgium. Uh, I honestly don't know the exact dates. I could be wrong. I think I think it's mid, um, sometime mid in the year, and uh, people pitch tents and 
barter for things and uh, hotels all over the country are full. It's a, it's it's two, over two weekends, uh, so you can pick either of the weekends. And there's top of the top DJs around the world coming for for these con- these uh, music festivals. It's it's one of a kind. We all work in in the luxury industry, and we all like luxury. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be in it. We like experiencing it. Is there anything that now you're in the industry and you experience it that you couldn't live without with luxury or is there any favorite luxury brand that you like to integrate? And this is a question I've asked people for a long, long time, but what do you think luxury actually is? Because it's, it's very in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. I, th- I don't think you could have said it better, James. Uh, truth of the matter is luxury means is, is defined differently to each person. It is also defined differently in each phase of life. Uh, luxury at some point for you could mean getting on a flight. Luxury for some point for you could be getting a watch, getting an expensive car, that Ferrari, that Lamborghini you want. And luxury at some point could be just sitting with your friends and grabbing a meal or or uh, doing whatever it takes to buy time. So uh, time for me is luxury. Comfort for me is luxury. Like in Like you rightly said, in our professions, we've been there, done that. Um, I have a huge collection of watches. I love cars. I have a bunch of them. But for me, luxury is is luxury is about just being comfortable. Luxury is being with friends. Luxury is eating good food. You're you're a a youngish man. You still have an awful lot of years left. But in ten years' time, where do you think you want to be, both professionally and personally? You know, um, James. Yeah, while while I am relatively younger than a lot of my peers that I love in the business and that have achieved so much in their lives. I, I did start working at a very early age of, of 13. I come from a very humble background. So um, I'm currently 39. And um, even though I am in my head, I feel like I'm I'm 60 years old. So I've put in many, many years into work. So 10 years from now, um, the idea is to uh, professionally be able to have a company that is uh, self-sufficient, that has the right people handling the business, and I don't have to be involved in the day-to-day. Personally, um, um, I want to be able to have as much free time as possible, travel the world, uh, see things. When I was younger, I always wanted to be um, what I refer to as a power broker in the business. So flying out to places, brokering uh, powerful deals is what I really wanted to do when I was younger. But at this point, I would just try and get as much as time for myself as possible. Um, I also have uh, a, a big want and need to sort of get out there and give back, whether it's to the society, whether it's to give back to the world of uh, events and celebrations. So if, if there's something I can do in terms of running an organization, a local organization or a global organization for weddings and celebrations, uh, I would do that. And on a personal level, I would then get into some charity organization. You and I are both associated with Wow for Girls. Uh-huh. Uh, even at, even now, I'm I'm the global ambassador for, for them. And uh, every time we find a little time, we try and do something uh, to the effect of getting the word out there and educating people about uh, what the cause is. Uh, we recently did a, a champagne breakfast for the wedding fraternity of uh, UAE and we had uh, wedding planners uh, who were invited to sort of educate and empower uh, and let them know about what cause we're talking about and let them go out there and 
do their do their part uh, for the uh, cause as well. It's it's a very worthwhile charity, and I mean, I know that this week we did something for Day of the Girl as well here in London. Yes, so, I think you did a nice fundraising as well. I I saw did, your event yes. on Instagram. It looked really amazing. Really well done. It's good, and um, Mabel came over and everything. So yeah, no, we raised a few thousand pounds. Oh wow! A very worthwhile cause. Anyway, that's fantastic. Really um, well done. So. Is there anything that frustrates you? Anything that you can you can put that just um makes you gnash your teeth? <laughs> Lots of things. Um I'm um I'm a bit of an impatient person. I like things done uh well and I like things done fast. Now, when I take a step back and sort of think about it, those things don't usually go hand in hand. You can either do things right or do things fast. But because I've been, like I said, on the hamster's wheel, it's just something that comes naturally to me. I always like things done quickly. Um, I'm not very patient generally, at least that's what people tell me. And second, I, I don't like it when people are laid back in life. I mean, I, I, I've hustled each and every day of my life and I've seen success uh, from very, very close and very far and and I've, we've done very well as a company. And personally, I, I'm very happy with where we are. But that takes time. That takes effort. Uh, that takes a lot of hard work. So when I see people just uh, not doing their bit, either for themselves or for their loved ones or for the planet or for for people around them, it's just I don't like it when people are lazy. So lazy people really upsets me. I agree with you there. And, and impatient people as well, they expect success to come very very quickly and and on their lap immediately and yeah i mean especially the new generation james where uh they they expect instant gratification uh right yes which yeah. is which is not how we grew up and how we did things and they get very indignant when they don't get it as well which is quite absolutely. ironic yeah no, absolutely okay now a brand value of rsvp is naughtiness okay so so i'm i i ask everybody is there something that you want to tell us that you did that was naughty or, or or you can get out and tell us a naughty joke it's entirely oh, wow. to you that is this is <laughs> this is something uh this is something i really didn't uh think about or prepare for i mean listen <laughs> there is that you're absolutely right there's a little naughtiness about us um as an industry as a fraternity um, yeah, there is. and it does not matter how young or old you are Everybody has got uh, a side to them that is very childish, that is very immature. And that usually comes out for me during uh, conferences. So when I'm at RSVP, whilst we're, whilst we're uh, discussing important topics and on panel sessions and having very serious conversations, there's always an element of partying and naughtiness and fun. And I, I very much cherish those times. And uh, I really look forward to the next one. But if I were to tell you a naughty joke... Uh, I uh, recently spoke to a uh, someone that that uh, I was watching TV or something, and they they said they talked about this joke, and they said, "What did one butt cheek say to the other?" Tell me. Together we can stop this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums up our industry, really, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as an industry, we have to sort of hold each other together to make sure she doesn't go or she doesn't hit the fan. Absolutely correct. <laughs> we're now coming to the end Aaron so thank you Aaron Balblani 
the non-postman of our industry, a man of multiple Gemini personalities, Mr. Whiskey Sour with a Dirty Burger, a gentleman who is always in the summer of 69, and together we can all get this shit stopped. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) James, this has been an absolute pleasure. I know this is super early for you and early-ish for me. I've had a late night. This has been such a fun, fun podcast. I really look forward to seeing you soon, and good luck with things. Thank you very much. See you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you wish to join RSVP, please go to the website, rsvp.club, or email me, james at rsvp.club. Our next large event is in Istanbul in April 2024. See you all next week.